everybody. Welcome to episode 25 of This Game Where with me, Ashley, and... Chris. Chris. Over here in the corner. I didn't use the other numbers. You didn't. I think that's for the best. It was unwieldy and irritating. We're going <laughs> to... Irritating. It was necessary and irritating. <laughs> However, we should probably go back to our other numbering system, shouldn't we? Maybe we should start doing things the way that we were doing them. Is that a suggestion? Proposal? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, all right. That sounds good. From our next recording session, we should probably just go back to normal. Yeah, it's been good. Whatever normal is these days. Well, exactly. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. And my granddad rang me again today. Oh, about the PC, the, the latest episode in the saga. Do you want to guess what it was, or do you want me to just tell you? Oh, I'm not really au fait with uh, how to build PCs, so... How to build me. PCs? It's nothing... Yeah. It's, it's PC isn't... It, it wasn't a PC build, it was just like buying the bits which he had problems with, and then putting yeah, them together. I mean. Right. However, it's all together now, so it's just a regular PC user issue. I'll tell you what it was. He was trying to print out his bank statement off the internet, and... He used to, bearing in mind he's still got the same printer, and it still comes up with all the same stuff for that printer, like messages-wise. He wanted it double-sided. So he had a look at the double-sided thing, and for the life of him, he could not get it to change over to be double-sided. Couldn't couldn't figure it out, so he rang me. He's been struggling with this for days as well, apparently, (laughs) trying to get it double-sided without ringing me. So he rang me, and I remoted into his computer... I asked him to do what exactly what he had been doing. It turns out he was clicking just on the text that said double-sided or whatever. Not on the actual tip box. It says print on both sides of page. And he was clicking there. He wasn't clicking in the box underneath it that let him choose. I know. I know. I felt oh, real bless. sad for him. I, I felt yeah. even worse having to tell him what he was doing wrong because I knew he would take it to heart. <laughs> and he, he did. I could hear it in his voice. But it's sorted now, and now he knows how to do double-sided. Isn't that a story about old people, how, like, when... It's one of those urban myth-type stories about how an old person was trying to use a... Sorry, old person. An elderly person. A person less familiar with technology than you or I wanted to email a document over and put it on the printer, on the, the, the main bits of it, on the, the scanning part of the printer, and uh, was clicking on email and thought that it would automatically attach to the email or automatically send or something. I Just think my granddad made... is quite a lot further above that level. Yeah. However, he was having real problems and it was it was getting to him. That was a nice simple fix though, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I'm glad it was something simple like that because sometimes things take hours. The worst thing, well not the worst thing, the worst thing and the best thing that he ever rang me for was about 10 years ago when we still lived in our house in Lincoln. About... 10 minutes up the road from them. And he rang me and he said that Microsoft had just been on the phone telling him that his computer was uh, wrong. Yeah, that old chestnut. Well, yeah, that old chestnut that he had been talked through all the problems and how to fix them. Then he realised that it might be a scam. It might be. <laughs> At least he realised. Um, when they asked him for some money and he said, oh, I'll just have to talk to my grandson. So he then put the phone down and rang me. But by then they'd already had access to his computer. So I had to pop round and have a look but they hadn't for some reason they hadn't put anything onto his computer at that point and they'd also promised that they'd ring him back so by the time they rang him back i was there oh. <laughs> i had a real good giggle winding them up they also didn't withhold their number so i rang 1471 every time they put the phone down and just kept talking to them it transpired that 
there were only like two people in the office. It was obviously out of hours service on the scanning uh, floor. And they had The Simpsons on in the background. Wow. So I spent about three hours talking to them, ringing them back to the point where they were putting the phone down every time I, every time they realised it was me. So I started being somebody else. <laughs> a squeaky voice. Something like that, yeah. It was, it was so fun to do. And now people make money on YouTube doing mm. that. So I like doing it. I do enjoy watching them. If someone phones and says, oh, is, is so-and-so here? I was oh, yeah, I'll just go and get them for you. And then just put the phone down on the side and leave, leave the it. phone yeah. on the side. Yeah. It was it was so great because every time I rang and they answered, it was the same person or, later on, the other of the two people. <laughs> there were only two people. So every time they got I got through, it was to one of those I'm two. I'm sorry for that these two people obviously thought that they were on some get-rich-quick scheme and uh, they end up with you. The number of people that they actually scam is probably atrocious yes, I, know, so I don't have any any qualms about no. wasting a few hours of their time especially when they met, when they do something like ring my granddad and try and scam him mm. not not cool no not cool no so you've been doing anything good i've not been scamming people no that i mean that is technically a good thing to not, not do aware of uh no i i went Shopping today and had a massive donut, which was pretty good. A massive donut, mm. and then that sound good because a donut filled me right up. What sort? Of, what, what donut was it? Why is it so massive? It was. It was huge. Mine was called Thicker Than a Snickers, and I thought, oh, that sounds good. I like. Hang on, where is this from? The, company, what is this? A company called Donuts. Is this in the local town? It is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna load up a photo just so you've got a picture of uh, my daughter with, and just for sort of size comparison. <laughs> so is that is that a normal metric that you use for size comparisons? Oh bloody hell, they are big. Yeah, that's like size of your face, big. Yeah. Wow, and that's in your local town. Yeah. So I, I think of those Snickers, which I thought would be chocolate and peanuts, but it was yeah. just had like caramel and a bit of chocolate. I was quite disappointed with mine. Mm. And then we always oh. have one that had a Kinder Bueno, a whole Kinder Bueno on top, and she loved it. Although she only had half, oh. half as a snack, and then half for pudding a bit later on tonight. Well, she's only little. Exactly. I don't want to be sick. No. It's also been the best thing I've oh, had the last few days. I mean, that sounds all right to me. Do you want to know what we're talking about today? I'd love to. Okay, so I gave you actually a few snippets in the last episode you gave us some breadcrumbs as to what what we were going to be talking about do you remember what they were so you said it was post-apocalyptic yeah about a band of survivors mm-hmm. that you called your group of survivors the Kellers after Helen Keller and then couldn't remember who she was it wasn't after Helen Keller it was just because I you thought the name. I, I was trying to explain I didn't I, I, gen, I actually realised I didn't do a very good explanation of why I called them the Kellers and why that was... Because we were talking about... You said that I wasn't very imaginative. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that in games now, instead of like using the name of my pets or whatever, or my mates, I try and come up with a, a name that fits. And this particular game requires a level of groundedness that in, in the naming of, of people that I captured by calling them the Kellers rather than calling them the Gallifreyans or something <laughs> geeky like that, you know. Or I the called Smiths. them a or the well the, the Smiths jo- would have jo- worked the just Joneses. as Yeah, that would have worked just as fine, but I went a little bit further out into the realms of 
imagination and called them the Kellers. They weren't af- named after the. Right. They weren't named after Helen Keller. Anyway, I was just giving you the example. Based on those clues, I have absolutely no idea what no. the game is. So this game is a game that I slept on for several, for too long. Let's say that I was going to say several years, but at, at least sounds a uncomfortable. Of years. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, slept on for a, for a couple of years or or however long it's been, and then played for the first time a couple of weeks ago and played it that day for about nine hours straight because I couldn't stop. Like, it's that sort of game. The game the game is called RimWorld. Yeah, I just realised, just you're about to say, because you told me about it, because it's got, it's got a guinea pig in, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Yeah. yeah. So you just... Yeah. So Rim RimWorld is the game, and it is like nothing... Well... Yeah, it's like nothing else I've I've played. It's phenomenal in terms of sucking you in. It it's just ridiculous. Let me give you like the outline of the game. The game starts off with you choosing a group of three survivors out of I think a pool of about six people, and each person is equipped with a number of different skills and okay. traits. And and they're too numerous to mention, to be honest. But they so include far, things so like standard. yeah, it really is. They include things like hunting and cooking and growing and and, and doctoring and things like that. They'll also have like possible health problems. So you might have a survivor with diabetes or a survivor with drug drug addictions. When you said survivor, then, that's lost I, his toe. Or... I thought you say diarrhea. I was going to say oh, that could be easy to solve, <laughs> but you didn't say. So. Well, chronic diarrhea maybe wouldn't be so easily solved. Like one of my people, one of my people came to me with a lost with with one of his toes missing, and that is listed in. I don't know because it happened prior to me uh, taking control of him. So you get these three. You choose these three characters, and then you get jettisoned onto a onto a barren planet, or or not so barren planet because there are guinea pigs. And then from there, you have to harvest resources and set up a, a little community build build a little shelter set up a little farm and gradually from there build and build and build and build and and get stronger and grow and bring people into your community by various means to make a civilization to make a civilization okay. and it is brilliant and that's you isn't it like it's uh, uh stardew valley and Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. Building a community and watching it flourish and nourishing that community and other words that rhyme with Urish. Yes. However, I think this is the sort of game that anyone could just get lost in. I, After spending nine hours on it, or however long it was, that first day, the next day, I very graciously put Hannah in front of it, thinking <laughs> that she might spend an hour like exploring it. That was the rest of the day. She got lost in it as well. I mean, I was I was slightly astonished that it happened, but yeah, she she enjoyed it as much as I did. It's that sort of game. So it's it's that sort of game, but it's a sci-fi version of that sort of game. Well, when you say it's Stardew Stardew Valley esque, it's not as close to Stardew Valley as you might be thinking it is. And actually, uh, that brings me to my first modest proposal. My first modest proposal is that actually, contrary to the way that we've been doing things, I actually think that you should start a game on this so that you can really see the ins and outs of how it works because i i will stop you before the nine hour mark yeah please do yeah i thought i'll i'll boot it up and i'll i'll pop you on it and you can uh have a little look how does that sound it's like the good old days isn't it we've talked about a game we're actually 
play the game a bit and reflect on it. Yeah. That sounds all right. I just can't think of a better way to impress on you how brilliant it is. Yeah, sure. I'm just going to say Rim World, Disc World, it's very similar. It is a little bit, yeah. Mm. We'll talk a little bit more about it after we come back. What I was going to say was, as well, before we stop to to play, I don't think that however long you play is going to be enough quite to really fully grasp how excellent it is, but I'm going to try and impress on you for the time that you're playing and for the rest of the the recording time just why it's so great. Okay. Well, okay. I'll intrigued to try it then. Let's, uh, let's crack on. by the magic of podcasting or if there is magic in it we we've played the game we have doesn't it feel like the olden days it does i like it yeah it's quite nice what did you think to the game no i like the game it's just it's it it's worn me out just how much there is to do it's overwhelming right okay you went through the tutorial didn't you yeah I just found that there was just so much going on in the, even the tutorial it said i'll do this and then now now do this and and we spoke about how even go through tutorial, like there's just so much that wasn't even uncovered. And you said you've played the game now for about 40 hours and there's still stuff that you are just finding out about. There is just yeah. such a lot in this game. It's unreal. I, I cannot believe how much there is to it. We've had a bit of a chat while you were playing and I've, I've gone through as much of what I thought was doable without boring you to death. <laughs> that I've sort of gleaned about the game. But I know for a fact that there are different... There, there are so many things that haven't happened or that I don't know about that will happen to me, hopefully, or, or probably, in the fullness of, of playing the game. Hmm. But, yeah, it's massive. One of the things that I tried to point out to you was that you were setting up a game and it gets you to choose this tiny little hexagon in a huge world Yeah, that has various different, like, geo... Climate zones. Climate zones, that's the perfect way to say it, yeah. So it's a full world. You set up in this tiny spot, and then the rest of the world is also open to you in various ways, and populated as well. Yeah, which then comes with their own challenges, because if you went through one that was a bit more hostile, then they'd attack you. Yeah. You talked about having uh, setting out with a caravan to go across the continent, I suppose, at one point, and it would just take you ages, wouldn't it, to go across? Now, I told you that I had a few things that I was going to tell you that had happened because this game is built on something that I've mentioned in the past, emergent storytelling or emergent gameplay, that it thrives on this idea that unexpected things will happen. And to such an extent that actually at the end of the tutorial, it asks you to choose between three different yeah. styles of storyteller. And then each of those three different storytellers has a almost like a difficulty setting, which will t- dictate the type of stories that you end up experiencing. So I went for classic, didn't I, where I just said it got exponentially hard as you went through, but then there was one where it would give you more disasters, but more yeah. spaced out between and then the other one was was uh was it rocky random R- randy random wasn't it it was just <laughs> you might have a sudden you've got loads of disasters one after the other but then there'd be nothing for ages obviously it's randomized and and like you said within that being customized as well there's i really like that the fact that the gameplay can be customized to whatever you want to have yeah exactly and it really is what you want and on top of that, I, I like the fact that that's actually also the difficulty setting and that they have 
tied the difficulty setting into the storytelling aspect of it as well. Like it's yeah. intrinsic. Each one is is intrinsic to the other. And you don't often see that in games. Usually the storytelling side is independent of the difficulty settings. I think that is telling of what sort of game this is. It's all yeah. about the stories that emerge from the choices that you make and the people that you are interacting with. And It's interesting to have a story in this type of game because it's essentially a, a man sim, isn't it? A management sim. Yeah, it is. And to have stories and characters that you care about and relationships that build in this sort of game. You know, I've played quite a few uh, throughout the years, like Dungeon Keeper, Rollercoaster Tycoon, Theme Hospital... Let's use Dungeon Keeper as an example. I don't think I ever really cared about any of those demons or what have you that I was sending out to battle when I was taking over other people's dungeons. They were just sprites. Whereas yeah. I got the feeling from what you said when you showed me yours that some of those characters, you were genuinely caring for them. Yeah, I mean, I it's interesting that you've picked up on that, actually, because that's, genu- that's exactly what I was going to say. You do start to value these people as people. It's really quite an innovation, I feel. Like, it, there aren't that many games that I can think of where I've really started to care this much about mm. about the people that I am involved with. And as a, as a perfect example, I've had a couple of people die in my little civilization. The first one was called Sarai, S-A-R-A-Y, and she died in some terrible circumstances, which I'll tell you about in a moment. But I'll, I'll tell you first about the last person to die. So I, I showed you a lady that was one of my initial three survivors called Lumi mm-hmm. in my little colony. She was one of the first three people to land and she developed a relationship with a person called Kamrov. Kamrov was actually someone that came to attack my civilization, my colony. And said the good side. I We subdued him and captured him, kept him prisoner and turned him into a colonist. We turned wow. him into a one of us, and Lumi was instrumental in doing that because she was the one that, like, doctored him and cared for him and looked after him as a prisoner. And then she started to... You can set it up so that she starts to try and sort of talk to him about coming over to be part of your civilization, your colony. And then she romanced him. And then, yeah, they ended up getting actually married. (laughs) They had quite a long while together. About Well, I say that in post-apocalyptic terms. They were together about two years and uh, then Kamrov, I'd set, that's the other thing. So Kamrov himself, he was really good at constructing and mining. Right. So I'd set him up to be like my builder. So he, he was doing most of the building around the place. And he was really like putting in his two penneth craft to the success of my colony. I showed you that big open cave system that yeah. I'd eked out of the, of the rock. And Kamarov had actually done most of that himself. Unfortunately, he was smoothing out the floor. So he was like polishing up the floor, making it habitable. I was watching him do it because I was trying to like oversee it and make sure he did the right bits at the right time. Uh, I sense it's going to be a twist. There was, there was a roof collapse and he got oh, squashed. No. <laughs> and I watched it happen. And honestly, the shock for one, because I had no idea that the roof's the roofs of, of caves could collapse and it all just came down on him and immediately I knew it he died and I was wide-eyed and, <laughs> and wide-mouthed. Like, my mouth hit the desk. It was ridiculously... It was a huge shock. Could you play a previous save and just come back? I could have. This is the thing, right? I could have. I really could have. And my first instance, my first instinct was to do that. I got onto the loading page and I went, well, what is this game if not those moments? Yeah, <laughs> so you're cheating I, the gameplay and the story, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, so I left it and I, I spent about the next 40 minutes feeling quite devastated <laughs> at the loss. Because it wasn't, it, it was both the person, but it was also what he brought to the colony because he was one of my most skilled people. And then the impact on that Lumi character. Yeah, and she's walking around in a malaise. She actually uh, went wandering off into the wilderness for a few wow. days. How bleak. I know, yeah, exactly. But then you also get happy stuff. You do actually get happy stuff happening. Like, I had a random boar that just decided that it wanted to be part of my colony, so he's now my pet boar. As you that's do. nice. The guinea pigs that I told you about. So yeah. the guinea... I mean, that's not a happy story, actually. But the guinea pigs did the same thing. They became part of my colony. However, unfortunately... After a couple of them bonded with two of my colonists and got named, the colonists started to starve. So we had to slaughter all of the guinea pigs. And there were four of them. And we we ate them. The colonists continued to starve. So I had a brainwave. I thought, right, I'll send some of my colonists away on like a trade mission. And then I won't have to worry about feeding them. And this was early in the game when I didn't understand. So right. I sent them in on this like caravan to, to a nearby civilization. And they got halfway there, and irony of ironies, they were attacked by a, a marauding pack of guinea pigs. Of course. One of my ladies called Sarai, I sent John and Sarai, John's actually still in my colony, Sarai got mortally wounded. John, I was not even halfway to this other colony. John had to drag himself, wounded, and Sarai back to our place. And just as they <laughs> arrived on our map, Sarai died. <laughs> Wow. So, uh, yeah, it was grim. And then uh, another one of my people died of starvation during the first winter. Well, uh, the whole guinea pig story is quite, quite dramatic irony, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, it made me laugh and it made me cry at the same time. It Would was, you eat guinea pig? If I was starving on a on a planet far, far away. Just in general, maybe. like, would, would you ever eat guinea pig? Maybe. I'd, I'd I try it. I imagine it's quite fatty yeah. and actually... Um, Cooks down to nothing. Yeah, I think it would. They're, they're very fluffy. Yeah. I imagine it tastes so, like chicken. That's I what mean, everything tastes like. Into next time I'm at yours, we'll have a go. No, I'm not, not down with that. Not down with mine. But I'm just saying, if, oh. if the situation presented itself where I was in a restaurant in, in Peru and it was on the menu, I wouldn't say no. No, I think I'd probably eat them, yeah. I've eaten worse things in the game. Definitely. Like? Human. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, in, in the, when you took over on mine, you made one of my characters eat the person that I killed yeah. that was trying to take over my... Just to show you that you can do all sorts of things that you maybe wouldn't have thought of. And then it made that person sad, understandably. Yeah, because he ate a raw human. Yeah. Would have, yeah. eating a cooked human have been made him less sad or more sad? I don't know. I've no idea. I've no idea. To. I think it made me more sad <laughs> eating it cooked. Why? Oh, because you've taken the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Sitting watching it. If you were going to cook it, would you go full hog and um, and season it properly? And yeah, make I'd use, sure um, is it all seasoning? That stuff that's just like mystery yeah. spices. Just, yeah. Not, not not you ever seen uh, Ravenous, the Robert Carlyle film? No, I don't think so. Oh, it's brilliant. It's uh, set in like, uh, not to similar, it's actually set in like an 18th century colony in America where it's really remote and... Robert Carlyle's this person that used to live there that had gone off and gone a bit mad and basically become a cannibal. And then he attacks the colony and starts picking them off one by one. It's, it's, it's really good, but he's in it. And then it's also got the principal from Fred Bueller's Day Off, I think, <laughs> is, right. uh, is in it as well. It's a really good film. I highly recommend it. I mean, that actually sounds like something that might happen in Rimworld. Yeah, exactly. I could well imagine that happening. The whole point of it was that eating humans gave you like a supernatural like strength or... 
a bloodlust or something. That was the whole the whole point of it. That Robert Carlyle had gone a bit ethereal. Right. But, yeah. There you go. I will. I'll search it out and see. Mm. Uh, see what I think. Having had a little bit of a a go, what do you think? Would you play this game in the future? Honestly, no. Oh right. But it is a good game. I just found it so just so much there that it just threw me at the deep end. We said in the previous episode about Animal Crossing that I know they're quite similar in terms of gameplay. Animal Crossing is building things incrementally and it's easing me into it very gradually. Whereas this, I just got so bombarded with you know, with what there was available. And I appreciated you showing me how, okay, this is my colony, I've done this, I've done this, and that was great. But it's the, all the nuances. So you showed me how one of your rooms, you'd got a, a research facility. You then also got some fridges in the same room, which meant that it kept the temperature down, which meant you could then turn that room into a freezer. I would never have the lateral thinking ability to think to, to do that. I think you are selling yourself a little bit short. I, I don't think you... I think you would. I appreciate what you're saying. You're saying you that you don't have... You had to point out have... an Animal Crossing that I needed to plant peaches to grow peach trees. I am thought of that. And that, that's pretty obvious, isn't it? Well, I was just thinking as you were talking, I think you what you've said is that there is a line, whether that is a straight one or a meandering one, between Animal Crossing and RimWorld, which I'd mm. never actually considered before because they are they are games that leave you to your own devices for the oh, most I, part. I, I thought that's why you'd chosen this. I thought because it was a progression from... Uh, no, I, crossing episode. I chose this completely on the basis that it is the first game for a long while that has made me sit down thinking I was going to play 30 minutes to see what it was like and just got absolutely sucked out of this world and into that one. Right. Because how many games, how many games won really do that for any any of us? They come by very rarely for me, at least. Yeah, definitely. I think the last one that really did it on this scale, like, there's some that I've really enjoyed, but the last one that really did it for me on this scale was probably The Witness, which is a puzzle game. Mm, that was the one uh, by the guy who did Braid. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it. It, I mean, it's phenomenal. That game is phenomenal. And it's primarily a puzzle game that is couched in this island, just this really vibrantly coloured, gorgeous-looking island that you get to explore whilst you are playing a puzzle game that could have been yeah. on 3DS, to be quite honest. But you also... It, it's like an exploration of language learning and abstract thought and how, how it all works together and also the mental effect of learning a language and the way that it changes the way that you see the world yeah. even which if you're playing the first hour of the witness you won't necessarily think about any of that by the end of it i would defy you to not be thinking about it constantly right it's another ball game altogether it's a very different game to Rimworld, obviously but it's definitely the last game that really grabbed me quite as hard as as this one right has. having said that i'll probably Never play again. <laughs> no, I will. I will. So another game that you might know of, Dwarf Fortress. Have you heard of Dwarf Fortress? Sounds mad. Ah, so well, they, that game's been around for ages, and it's made with ASCII art. All right. It's another one of those games where the developers, the creators, have just put together a load of systems, and over time they've added system after system after system. So at one point you couldn't get drunk in the game, but now you can get drunk. And one of the inadvertent effects of that, so emergent gameplay and emergent storytelling, is that they they realised that the cats were behaving weirdly or something in the game. And it right. turned out that the cats had been licking up. Because the cats were layered with all these different systems where they could eat different things or whatever, they had been licking up the beer. Dwarf Fortress is like 
is a bit tied to it's tied to this game in that way. In terms of being a game that people have been playing for a long time already, and a game that people will probably play the like actual individuals for many many years going forward, because it just delivers so many unique experiences from from day to day, from le- from game played to game played. I know at least one person that's played this game for nearly a thousand hours. Dwarf Fortress or RimWorld? No, no, RimWorld. Grief. But Dwarf Fortress, many that that times many more. There are the there are games that people sort of people talk about Dwarf Fortress and RimWorld in terms of like this is the only game that you will ever need to play for the rest of your life. <laughs> That's how diverse and uh, layered it is. Debatable. Not debatable, just not your cup of tea. Yeah. Mm. I think the idea of just playing one game forevermore is a bit restrictive, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I'm not that person. Yeah. That's not me. I don't know how deeply I'll ever... I, I don't know how deeply I'll get into this game, but I at the moment I'm enjoying it and I can see myself playing it a heck of a lot more and getting a, a lot deeper into it than I am currently. So, were you surprised that I wasn't as keen on it as you are? You seemed into the game more than I thought you would be, and therefore <laughs> that made me think that maybe there was hope for you. Hope for me, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was quite surprised when you said that you wouldn't necessarily play it again in the future. I thought you might be hooked by the storytelling aspect of it. The yeah, storytelling, that... I think, is, is quite good. I agree with you. So on mine, when you took over a little bit, show wants to do that one of my characters, the force tweet the, the raw uh, corpse, and he got a bit sad about that, but I did kind of genuinely think, mm, yeah, because, yeah, understandably, of course, he'd be sad about that. And yeah, there are so many moments like that. Yeah, I can see there was the, he was also a bit sad because his room wasn't very well lit and he was showing it was someone who was snoring and little things like that that then give you a bit of character for this this sprite, essentially, mm. which is brilliant. It also gives you your aspirations and your targets, your objectives. Yeah, definitely. Because ra- rather than saying build so-and-so their own bedroom, Precisely. you look at that and you go, you look at his needs and you go, oh, well, he keeps being woken up by someone snoring. Maybe I should build him his own bedroom yeah and that then drives you forward to do different things and and try different things and that's actually you said about you'd never have the lateral thinking to make yourself a fridge by using a what is for all intents and purposes an air conditioner but you know i wasn't at the start of the game i wasn't thinking i'll refrigerate my food but when it came to the first winter and all of my food started to rot and all of my people started to die of starvation because all so of my you, food had rotted, you then thinking started, about how can i solve this problem Exactly. Yeah. Well, maybe I could try this. I suppose you're further down the road than I am because I, I did yeah. think with that character, you know, he said, oh, I don't like sleeping here because people are snoring. So obviously it's like, right, I need to build him a separate room and that is mm. obvious. So, yeah. Yeah. So who would you recommend this game to? I would tell, I, I feel like I say this a lot, but I would tell everyone to give it a try at the very least. But anyone that likes Animal Crossing... <laughs> It turns out, based on your based on your observation, again should try it. I genuinely never made that connection, uh, right. and it's an interesting one to make because it is definitely one of those games that leaves you to your own devices for the most part, unless mm. you go your own way in whatever way you like. I've got so many options open to me, haven't I? Really, in terms of what I could be a trading colony, I could be a marauding colony, yeah. go out and take over other people's land and steal their women. And bring them back and convert them into my colonists. And there's so many different ways that I could go. So if you like freedom and and a little bit, I suppose, of problem solving or a lot of problem solving, yeah. Then yeah, you're you're for this game, I reckon. Yeah, I think I concur with that. 
Mm. How much is it at the moment then? Oh, I don't know. I didn't check. Uh, this is one that I got a while ago and then it's sort of sat on my shelf Quit for, for some time. Yeah, you check. Twenty seven seventy nine. I'd say, honestly, it, I didn't pay that when I... Um, when I bought it, but it's worth that. There are other options where you've got like DLC and soundtrack and stuff like that, but for the, the basic game is is twenty seven seventy nine. I mean pounds. That's something that I forgot to mention as well. So I don't have anything other than the base game, but there is some DLC available called Royalty, I think. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what it adds because I haven't haven't looked because at the moment the base game is enough for me. But there is also the game is designed to be massively moddable and there is a modding community around this game that is huge and they've added from again i haven't really delved into what they what has been added because i'm currently getting to groups with the base game but from what i've heard there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of really great mods that you can add to the game to make it even better than it is now there are literally lists that are like top 100 mods to add to your game oh my god i know so even Beyond the base game, there's still more playability. We said it was like Chessable um, Tycoon, it. wasn't it, that, that uh, we talked about before, the, the amount yeah, of stuff exactly. for that. So Transport Tycoon, for anyone that's forgotten about Transport Tycoon's modding community, had things like Eastern European train trailers. Or... Yeah, that was that was the, the two that stood with me was, was the Arme- Armenian train names and then also having Canadian folk music as your soundtrack. They were the two I yeah. remember. Town names based on places like different countries yeah. was in there. And even, I, I'll tell you what, what stuck with me, it was the sizes of the rails. You could have it oh, set yeah. to Australian gauge rails. Yeah. Uh, and and presumably European gauge, American gauge, Russian gauge, and all all things in between. So yeah, it's I think from what I've heard, the modding for Rimworld is probably about as obsessive and deep as that is Transport Tycoon Deluxe's modding community, as deep as they've gone. So yeah, I, I'm quite looking forward to getting to the point where I'm having a little look at what people have, have made. Well, the, the DLC from so quick read of it sounds good. It's all about an empire landing and you can then add loads of rooms like throne rooms and psychic powers. There's a load of new quests. Uh, mechanoids can create mechanoid clusters. I don't know if that means anything to you. No. <laughs> Imperial tech. Mm. There you go. Loads. I, I'm 40 hours into the base game and I am uh, still completely happy to to carry on i haven't even as i said i don't know if i said it earlier in the podcast recording but i certainly said it to you when we were off off the record um i haven't even ventured out into the rest of the world i'm still getting to grips with what i can do in my little hexagon and there are thousands of hexagons and thousands uh, and and tens of other communities to interact with and engage with it's for multiplayer. A good question that I don't know the answer to. It's something quite interesting to play it, play it with against some, some people playing simultaneously, either the same world working for uh, with you or against you. Hmm. Mm. That's something to look into. I, I'll have a look. Maybe a mod. Maybe. So yeah, I I think I've said everything that I wanted to say. Brilliant. Um, I don't know if you've got any questions or anything. No, I think I've uh, asked everything I want to ask. Really. So I think I think we're at the end of this uh, this episode. So. Thank you to anyone that has joined us and especially if you're still with us yeah. for sticking with it and listening to what we've got to say. Check RimWorld out. If even it's notionally interesting to you, check it out. And then after you've done that, or maybe even before, check out our social media. So we're available on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and Instagram. Various different things going on on there. And the more you get involved, the more 
we will do because at the moment it's quite quiet we'd love to hear from a few of you few people are actually listening so yeah get on there thank you again and i will uh, see you chris next time and you i'll are? well i won't see any of the people that are listening but unless they're peeking through the window that would be very weird it would okay see you next time bye bye This Gameware is a Specky 2 Guys production. Music for the episode is provided under Creative Commons license by Steviosphere from the album Cellavision, which can be found at steviosphere.bandcamp.com.